721 on the KYMN Morning Show. Normally, uh, uh, every other Tuesday, we are joined in studio by the Northfield Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. However, Dr. Matt Hillman joins us this morning via Zoom. Good morning, Dr. Hillman. How are you? I'm doing great, Rich. Good morning. Where where are you that precludes you from coming to your most favorite spot in the entire world, the the, the KYMN uh, radio station? Well, I'm uh, talking to you from one of my other favorite spots in the world, uh, <laughs> Duluth, Minnesota, where I'm here for the Minnesota Association of School Administrators Conference and just uh, I'm the past president of the organization this year. So we've got around 400 school leaders from across the state here uh, yesterday and today to you know, continue to develop our leadership skills and hear what's happening in other school districts and some successes that are happening and to plan and have discussions about issues that face public education. So really great to be here with superintendents and other central office administrators. The conference ends this morning, and it's always great to be in Duluth. Well, it sounds like some uh, pretty important uh, conversation you guys are having too. So I, I think it's wholly it acceptable. is very much so. Yeah, wholly acceptable that uh, you would uh, not be able to join us live. But we do thank you for even making the attempt here. This is great. We appreciate it's it. It's my pleasure. Um, so there was a uh, there was a uh, a school board meeting last night, and uh, absolutely there was. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming that uh, you were able to uh, via technology attend that as well. I did. I joined the uh, the meeting via Zoom, and you know we had a full agenda and a good board meeting, and so happy to talk with you about it this morning. Yeah. Um, yesterday was the first time the state of Minnesota observed Indigenous uh, Peoples Day, as opposed to what used to be known as Columbus Day, uh, and that was uh, that was the topic of conversation with the uh, the school board last night, wasn't it? Well, we uh, are we. Uh, a couple of years ago, we adopted a land acknowledgement statement, and the land acknowledgement statement was really driven by our youth, our, our district youth council, which you know in Northfield we have over 80 students who serve on 30 boards and commissions. And our portion of that, the district youth council, which is between 15 and 18 high school students who uh, do good work uh, to try to help make sure that uh, youth voice is elevated, and we have a school board member who sits in on those meetings monthly along with me. And so uh, this was something that several years ago the District Youth Council wanted to make sure that we were recognizing uh, that we reside on the homeland of the Wapakute tribe of the Dakota Nation. And they worked to research and they worked to develop a land acknowledgement statement. They went through the policy, the district's policy committee. Uh, the district's policy committee had to send them back to do some additional work. And then the board did adopt it. And, and part of that policy is that we um, read that land acknowledgement statement at several meetings through the year. And I think this is a good example of how youth voice is elevated in our community. And then they're also learning the democratic process about that things just don't get done immediately, uh, that you have to go through a process and iterations of strengthening your proposal and something that, of course, uh, came to fruition. So District Youth Council member Maddie Busman read that statement last night. And then, as you said, the state legislature uh, did change uh, that um, October 9th, uh, the second uh, Monday in October, is now officially designated as Indigenous Peoples Day. And so there's requirement for uh, some instructions specific to Indigenous people on that day. So our instructional services uh, team put together some options for this year, since we had a shorter runway uh, for our staff to be able to deliver that. We are uh, in some discussions with the Northfield Historical Society, uh, about a partnership for next year's Indigenous Peoples Day and moving forward. 
uh, about working between the school district and the historical society uh, specific to uh, the first peoples of this area. And then we have a very small uh, percentage of our students who are, are indigenous uh, students. And uh, but we do get some spe- we, <clears throat> we did get some additional funding from the state this year to support indigenous students. And so uh, we've hired Sybil Betzinger uh, to be a cultural liaison specific for our indigenous families. And she'll work a little bit less than half time. Uh, Sybil uh, has been a member of our indigenous parent advisory committee for several years. In fact, she's been the chair. And she's also been a social worker for us uh, in the district and just, you know, an excellent leader who I'm happy to have uh, taking on that role just to support our Indigenous families and whatever they need uh, for their students to be successful. And and uh, so we're really excited to have Sybil on that role and uh, pleased to be able to, um, you know, work through uh, the new requirement this year and uh, looking forward to what that brings down the road. That's really, that's really interesting. Um, what's, what's really cool about uh, uh, the... Um the land the the land statement the land acknowledgement is that it did come from the the district youth council and like you know you've said quite often it's it's giving the 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 youth a platform for their voices but this is actually showing them that they can make a difference as well you know the district's vision rich is to prepare uh, students for lifelong success uh, and we want kids who are ready to engage in our democracy and so giving them the opportunity to do real work uh, and and working through the uh, the uh, components of of how you get something passed through a democratically run organization like a school board is really great practice for what we hope that they become in the future in terms of representing their community and and leaning into uh, community issues and understanding that there's a, a democratic process that you go through and that it's not always completely smooth sailing and you've got to adjust and modify and move forward. So I think this is just another example of how we're preparing students for lifelong success in terms of the process that they went through to get the school board to adopt that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Dr. Hillman, every time you and I speak in any sort of official capacity, I, I'm always badgering you, at least lately I've been badgering you quite a bit about uh, <clears throat> What's uh, what's going to happen with the uh, the the ballot in twenty twenty four, and if there's going to be uh, a a uh, a referendum on on you know what you're going to do with the uh, the high school uh, uh, situation? Uh, you you folks on the school board uh, did a little prep for that last night, didn't you? We did. Uh, we're really just kicked off our discussion about this last night at the next board meeting. We'll really begin the discussion of uh, what, if anything, the board places on the November 24 ballot will be in that conversation in earnest. Uh, but something that's really important is for us to be able to have a, a under, true understanding of, you know, what is the what are the voters in the community and the school district uh, willing to support or what are their thoughts on uh, how we address uh, a complicated topic like the physical structure at Northfield High School. I think everyone knows that, uh, you know, we have taken really good care of that building. Uh, it was, you know, built in the early 1960s, and we've done everything that we can uh, over time. There's been some investment in the building in the past decade. You know, we continue to keep up with our long-term facilities maintenance revenue to take care of the facility. But, you know, we are now at some points where we can't just use our regular year-to-year operating budget to be able to address the structural issues uh, that this facility is having just due to its age. And also thinking about is the learning space at the high school, is it what we really want and need to prepare students for lifelong success? So there's a variety of ways to address that. 
but having data about what we think the community is interested in is important. So last night we discussed uh, a tracking survey proposal uh, from Morris Leatherman. So Morris Leatherman is a uh, public opinion group that they specifically work with. They work with a lot of different groups, but they really help schools in a variety of different ways. And so we used uh, Morris Leatherman services in October of 2022 to conduct a similar uh, phone uh, survey to determine, you know, what were the uh, thoughts in the community about Northfield High School, the facility itself. And um, at that time, we also partnered with the city of Northfield to discuss, have the uh, phone callers ask some questions about the city's uh, ice arena. Now, we're not um, collaborating with the city on this particular survey because it's more focused on the high school. And so should the voter or should the board approve it at the next meeting, uh, what we would do is we would do a, a what's it's a scientific survey. So it's a random sample telephone tracking survey it would include 400 voters. And you think, you know, there's a little more than 18,000 registered voters within the school district, at least uh, during the last election in 2022. You know, how can 400 people, you know, how can that be reasonable? How can you get enough information? Well, uh, the the sample would be demographically re- demographically representative of the voters of Northfield. And um, a survey of this conducted in this way has a margin of error rich of 4.8%. So that's actually really great data. And uh, Morris Leatherman has a really strong track record of successfully modeling that their voter surveys are, are fairly good predictors of uh, election outcomes. And so it would cost the district around $23,500 to conduct the survey. Uh, we would really kick it off in, in January and uh, they would do 400 telephone interviews. And, you know, some people might say, well, how do you get 400 telephone interviews? Nobody answers their phone anymore. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's some truth to that, but, you know, Morris Leatherman has a really uh, impressive process that they use, including uh, leaving messages for people. And believe it or not, uh, I know that about at least a third of the people who they leave messages for call them back and they'll just keep calling until they get 400 voters that fit uh, the demographics of the district. And what uh, they tell us from I mean, more Slotherman reps, uh, Don Lifto is the representative we work with. What Don tells us is it's really interesting. If they're doing more of a national public opinion uh, poll, uh, people will not take the time to talk with them. Right. It's even, uh, you know, a few more people will talk to them if they're talking about state issues. But he says it's really amazing when they conduct, they love doing local uh, polls like this because when they do them, people do want to talk about what's happening in their local community. And, and they said people will really engage and give them the time that they need to try to understand their perspective. And I think a survey like this is also responsible to the voters. Uh, you know, there's a variety of opinions on what we should do with the Northfield High School facility. It really has a large range, which, as you know, mm-hmm. you know, you've talked to a number of people who have a variety of perspectives. And if we're going to ask a question on the ballot in 2024, we want to ask a question that is not so far out of uh, bounds that it, it doesn't have a chance to pass. We need to do something um, to really update this facility. There's a variety of ways to do that. Um, it's on a substantial range. And having a little bit of information uh, that can really guide us as to what is the community thinking, we think is respectful to the voters. And so uh, I'll ask the board to approve this at the next board meeting, but uh, some good questions about it last night um, and uh, hoping to move forward uh, after the next meeting. Will Will Morris Leatherman um, determine the questions that are asked or will you work with Morris Leatherman to figure out the best way to, to conduct the poll? It, that, that's a yes and uh, answer, uh, Rich, because 
Morris Leatherman is very skilled. You know, they ask these questions all the time. They're professionals. Uh, and so we collaborate with them on what 35, we're going to do 35 questions this mm-hmm. time. They'd be multiple choice questions. Uh, we would collaborate with them on that. Uh, they certainly have a stable of questions that they know get districts the information that they need. And they may change a few of the variables in the question. Um, but we'll also use uh, some similar questions to what we used a year ago because mm-hmm. that way we're also able to track over time, have people's perspectives change. And it ranges from a variety of things like some of the components that could be included uh, in a high school project. It also talks about people's uh, financial tolerance. What can people support from a financial perspective? So having some of the questions be similar allows us to track people's opinion over time uh, to see are we in a similar place to where we were a year ago. And it also gives us the chance to hear are there any differences in folks' opinions. So it's it's the development of the questionnaire um, is multifaceted. We, of course, lean on the uh, expertise of Morris Leatherman while also making sure that it is adjusted to be uh, appropriate for our local conditions. So we have a discussion with them. They will provide uh, us with a, a draft questionnaire we go through, we share our concerns. You have a multiple round process of trying to get the questions right before you launch in January. So we'd actually uh, start that questionnaire design you know, fairly quickly after uh, if the board were to approve the survey. And then, uh, again, really specifically in early December, making sure that we're um, really polishing those questions to make sure that they're the right ones. Okay. So uh, moving on, uh, we got our first look at the 2023-2024 uh, enrollment last night, didn't we? We did. And, and when we look at, there's, there's several different ways that you can look at enrollment in, in public schools. The, one, the number that we look at month to month is our, our full-time student count. And so this excludes our early childhood enrollment and then any part-time or independent study uh, students that we might have at the area learning center. And so this is really, you can think of this as who are the kids who show up on campus uh, each day. And so this this enrollment report, the first one in October, is, is critical because what the state of Minnesota does is it uses the October 1st enrollment count as the primary driver for a number of different funding sources uh, during the school year. Now, as we talked about last time with uh, the, the preliminary levy, the state will go back over a period of three years to make sure that we got it right because, of course, it's an estimate uh, in, in terms of the number of students that we actually have right now, but we'll have more or fewer students through the year. So there's a little bit of a cleanup process of the state over the next few years. But you know, for this year's budget, this number was really important. So our October 1st enrollment count was uh, just over 37, uh, uh, 3,782 students. Uh, we had projected this year to be at 37.74, so we're just above that projection. And you know, we have some um, variation during the school year. We typically will see a handful of students leave over time. It depends on the year. There's a number of circumstances uh, that play into that. But right now, being eight students above projection is uh, right where we really want to be. You don't want to have, over, you obviously don't want to um, over project, right? So you don't want to have a projection. Uh, that is more than the number of students you have because then there'd be a negative financial adjustment. And you also want not to be too low on your estimate because that estimate was what helps drive a number of things in terms of the number of sections that we might have at a building, uh, the kinds of services we provide. So, you know, being within this range is right on. And, and our uh, director of finance, Val Murdostorf, who 
is really responsible for our enrollment projection, uh, really has done a good job over the years. And, and this is the case where uh, the October 1st enrollment report being within eight students and actually having eight more students than projection, it's a, a really good place to be. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty impressive. Um, speaking of um, Val Murdestorff, the director of finances, she uh, she gave a presentation last night. There was a conversation about some uh, job restruct- restructuring within the district, wasn't there? Absolutely. And so, you know, as we all know right now, um, anybody who is listening to this call who uh, hires people in their business or their organization knows uh, that the labor market is in, in an interesting place right now. And so we did discuss two uh, district office positions. One is the, the payroll, the person in our district office that does payroll, and then the person in our district office who's specifically re- uh, specifically responsible for the benefits administration. And so we, about regularly, every couple of years, are doing a market study to try to check in on how are we being competitive uh, with our com- with our neighboring districts and you know other organizations, depending on the employment group, who might be our competitors for uh, employees. And so we uh, sadly uh, had one of our uh, great district office employees take a similar position in another school district. And when uh, that person took a, a position in another school district, very similar to what the individual was doing here, we realized uh, that we were quite a bit behind in being competitive for that particular position. So um, these two positions right now, the payroll uh, position and the uh, benefits position, are being paid just a little bit more than $50,000 a year. And this position, comparable position in another district a little bit to our north, was going to uh, offer between twenty and, uh, in some cases, $30,000 more uh, than what we are offering. And so it prompted a us to do a, a market study within Southeast Minnesota, our big nine competitive school districts, and then also other school districts in the area where people might drive uh, from Northfield uh, to work there. And so we did notice that, again, in these two particular positions, we were quite a bit behind. Um, you know, we're a very lean district office. You know, our, mm-hmm. our payroll uh, staff person uh, processes over 1,000 W-2 forms each year by themselves. And so, uh, you know, they, we really do some good work there, and we are very lean. We routinely rank in the bottom 15% of the state in how much money we spend on administration per pupil. Uh, we want to put as much of our money into the classroom as we can, but we also, like everybody knows, you have to have the business of the organization run. So um, our analysis, uh, you know, we aren't suggesting that those positions, um, they're being restructured and uh, con- and being considered to add to what's called the confidential employees group. Uh, and so moving employment groups is part of it. And then uh, the proposal is to move those positions to a $68,000 annual um, salary. And so that doesn't put us at the top, um, but it also doesn't put us at the bottom. It puts us right about in the middle. And of course, in recruiting and retaining employees, there's a number of other things that you have in addition to salary. But uh, these are two critical positions. You know, obviously, uh, the payroll person, as I always uh, will will say, um, no one notices payroll unless there's some uh, modest mistake that is made. And we have an outstanding payroll individual who's just done excellent work and uh, really proud of the effort that she has made. And and again, this open position that we have for our benefits position is really important because we start like lots of other uh, organizations here in about the next month. Uh, we're going to start open enrollment uh, for the 2024 plan year. And uh, in addition, this year, uh, the district is going to be switching um, health insurance carriers. So it adds a, another complexity to that open enrollment mm-hmm. period. So being able to recruit and, and get someone on our staff who can can do this work at a high level, um, you know, really in a, in a pretty lean administrative environment is important. So 
Uh, the board did approve those changes last night. They took an action to move it from a, an item of discussion report to an item for individual action because they understood that uh, in this case, it was a, a good move for us to accelerate that process. Okay. Uh, I have one more question for you, Matt, and then we're going to let you go. Um, I know you to be a great fan of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, do you have any uh, predictions for the game today, sir? Well, <clears throat> I'm never betting against Sonny Gray. And uh, I think that the, the Twins are in a good position. Uh, Houston is a tough team. And, of course, uh, all the playoffs so far have, have really been a little chaotic, you know, seeing who thought the Arizona Diamondbacks would be up 2 nothing on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, right. But I will tell you that uh, coming from um, a very reliable source, my oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, when the visiting team in the 2-2-1 um, division uh, series format, when the visiting team splits the first two games, they have won around 67% of those series. So I like the Minnesota Twins' chances today. All right. Well, I like your optimism, sir. Well, Dr. Hillman, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, reach out to us from the, the, the almost the great white north. And I uh, hope you have a really uh, good day, finish of your, your conference, and uh, the rest of your day goes well as well. It's my pleasure. Thanks.